0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Tribe Time now.
1: Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. tribe Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.
2: Hi everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. This weekend we join you from Yankee Stadium in New York where the Indians are taking on the Yankees in a three-game series that will continue on Saturday afternoon at 105 and conclude Sunday afternoon at 105 before the Indians return home for their final homestand of the 2021 season. Good show lined up for you today in just a little bit. We'll hear from Indians first baseman, Bobby Bradley, also Yu Chang, and pitchers Tristan McKenzie and Aaron Savali. All part of this week's Tribe Talk, but first we begin with a week in review, and after the off day on Monday, the Indians took on the Twins in a doubleheader in Minneapolis on Tuesday, and in game one, it was all Tristan McKenzie and just enough offense as McKenzie cruised through the Twins lineup
1: early on. Toss to first, they've got Kepler. Wow, what a move. And Kepler was out by a bunch. He is staying at first base, hoping the Twins review it. But with a naked eye from up here, he had Kepler leaning the wrong way, and it looked like it was a clear pickoff for Tristan McKenzie, and Kepler now departs. The
2: Twins did manage to score a runoff McKenzie in the third inning to take the lead, but in the fifth, the Indians tied it thanks to another deep drive. From Bradley Zimmer. Here's the 1-1. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Launched deep to right. Forget it. Way on out of here. Home run, Bradley Zimmer. And we are tied at one. Oh, my. Into the second level of seating above the right field wall. Number seven for Bradley Zimmer. And just like that, this ball game is tied at one. And then McKenzie went back to
1: work. 1-1 game, sixth inning, runner at second, two down, the pitch. And he sends a fly ball, fairly deep right center, but cruising over Miles Straw, the Indian center fielder pulls it down. What a job by McKenzie. Gives up the leadoff double, but that was it. In the top half of the
2: seventh inning, Austin Hedges was batting with two men on, looking to put the Tribe on
1: top. Coulomb is ready the pitch and it's swung on the eighth to deep left field down the line it's going and it hits off the wall hitting third heading home Ramirez stopping at third is Zimmer and Hedges is at second with a go ahead RBI double so Austin Hedges breaks the 0 for 16 skit with a double down the left field line off the wall on the fly to put the Indians on top 2 to 1 And for Austin Hedges, that double is his sixth, and it gives him 28 RBIs, and it gives the Indians a chance to put up a crooked number. Yu Chang drove in
2: another run to make it a 3-1 lead, and in the bottom half of the seventh and final inning in a doubleheader game, Emmanuel Classe was on to close things out. Here's the 1-2
1: delivery. Swing and a broken bat looper. Caught it second by Chang. Ball game. So the Indians have won game one of this day-night doubleheader. They do it in a snappy two hours and six minutes. Dominant pitching from Tristan McKenzie for six innings. And then Emmanuel Classe just overmatches the Twins in the seventh. And game one belongs to the Tribe, winning it 3-1. to The
2: Twins came back to take the nightcap of that doubleheader by a final score of six to three setting up a rubber match on wednesday night and the indians had the bats clicking for the first time in a while the game was scoreless through three as cal Quantrill and griffin jacks for the twins they were impressive early but in the fourth the indians broke through as bobby bradley got the scoring started pitch to bradley is driven left center field that gets down for a base hit cut off in the gap by buxton Bradley's heading to second. He's in with a slide, and that RBI double plates Jose Ramirez from third and puts the Indians in front, 1-0. Bobby Bradley with his 10th double, 34th run driven in. In the fifth, the Indians were looking for more with two men on and Oscar Mercado at the plate. The set and the 1-2. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to deep left. Back on it is Cave. He's at the wall.
1: Home run, Mercado.
2: Of course he did. He did not get the bunt down, and with two strikes, the green light given, and Mercado comes through with a three-run home run, and the Indians are now up 4 nothing. We've seen it a couple of times this season. Whether it's the Indians or the opposition, that very same situation, trying to get a bunt down, unable to do so. And it results in a big base hit, and none bigger than a home run for Mercado. His fifth home run on the season, and the Indians have opened things up a little bit now. Still in the fifth inning, Jose Ramirez added a sack fly to make it a 5-0 lead. And then in the seventh, the Indians really broke it open with three more runs on three straight singles by Zimmer, Ramirez, and Franmil Reyes, and then Bradley capped off the big inning. The next
1: delivery. Swung on and hammered. High, deep to right center, and gone to the upper deck. Bobby Bradley with a tape measured job to the upper deck and right center. It's a five-run seventh, and the Indians... Now with a 10-0 lead. And Bobby Bradley has three RBIs tonight and his 13th home run of the year. The Indians have gone upper tank a couple of times. And Bobby Bradley got a pitch down, and that's where he loves it. And, my goodness, he did not miss. The
2: Twins avoided being shut out thanks to a Miguel Sano three-run home run in the bottom of the seventh. But in the ninth, Fran Mel Reyes answered with one of his own. Two balls,
1: two strikes. Elber's shaking off his catcher. Comes to the plate. And it's hit high. It's hit deep to left. And this ball is gone. So Fran Mill Reyes, as the Indians' third home run, is 29th. He has a three-hit, two RBI game. And the Indians lead it twelve to three. And maybe Elbers won't shake his catcher off next
2: time. Twelve to three was the final score as the Indians took two out of three in Minnesota. And it was off to New York for the off day on Thursday. And in the series opener on Friday night, well it was all Yankees. Five home runs. And Corey Kluber pitching. As Indians fans remember Corey Kluber pitching so many times for the Tribe, six scoreless for Kluber in an 8-0 New York victory over the Tribe. That's your Week in Review. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Bobby Bradley and Yu Chang. That's as Tribe Talk presented by Progressive continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network.
3: Sunday. 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 It's the savings event of the season. Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle ExtravaFesta Festa Your chance to save big by bundling your home and auto insurance. But only this Sunday. 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 Unless you're busy, in which case you can bundle Tuesday. 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 Or if you already have dinner plans, then try Friday. 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 But if the week gets away from you, you can just wait till next Sunday. 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 Because Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle ExtravaFesta Festa isn't going anywhere. 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 Casualty insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
2: Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Yankee Stadium in New York this weekend. Bobby Bradley has been swinging a better bat for the Indians of late. After missing significant time, almost a month with a knee injury, he came back at the start of September, and he hit a home run in Minnesota on Wednesday. Also has had some key hits, especially uh, just base hits, taking his base hits to the opposite field. And we caught up with him early in the day on Friday, and he talked about how he's gotten back on track at the plate since coming off the injury list.
4: Just putting together some good at-bats, you know, just being able to see the ball and just uh, put a good swing on one, not necessarily, you know. Uh, hitting the ball for power and things like that, but, you know, just hitting the ball hard. And I've noticed you've gone the other way quite a bit. Is that by design to to get where you need to be? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've been looking out that way a little bit more as of late, just trying to keep myself uh, put together at the plate, staying connected.
2: Explain that because it is, you're not alone. It seems like a lot of hitters. They always say, if I look up the middle or the opposite field, that's a good thing. Why is
4: that a good thing? I mean, it just keeps you connected, squared up, and uh, just ready for everything. More so uh, when you think pull, or at least for me. Uh, I get a little bit spinny one piecey, you know, I don't really separate as much. And uh, so on a lot of different pitches that's when I get all those swings and misses and things like that. It's just staying connected, trying to go up the middle the other way allows me to see the ball a little bit better. So you do all those things,
2: but when you do hit one a long way, how good is that feeling? All
4: right, it's an it's the most amazing <laughs> feeling
2: ever. <laughs> Uh, you look at the season you've had, and, and it seems like you've made some r- real good strides here at the major league level and just a couple of weeks left. Are you feeling good about what you've been able to do here?
4: I definitely feel good. I mean, it's definitely been uh, a great experience and, uh, you know, just got it under my belt now, and now I kind of know what this life is like and things like that, so it'll be a, a lot easier next year. Is there one takeaway or maybe two takeaways that, that you
2: say, hey, this, is, this will really help me for the future? Uh, just never take anything for granted and just play as hard as you can. Try first baseman Bobby Bradley joining us. And, uh, Bobby, your first visit to Yankee Stadium, and, and you see all these ballparks uh, for the first time now. And uh, What's it been like uh, stepping in here to one of the iconic parks
4: in baseball? I mean, it's so cool. I mean, just, you know, as a kid watching just baseball on TV, I mean, one of the places was Yankee Stadium. You always wanted to come here. You always wanted to play just like Fenway and Wrigley, you know. It's just one of those historic places, and uh, it's going to be a really fun.
2: Can you compare them, or are they all so different and good in their own way?
4: They're all different and good in their own way. They all have their own cultures and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be fun. Well, enjoy the weekend series, Bobby.
2: Thanks for coming by. Well, dude, Thank you. That's Indians first baseman Bobby Bradley, and he's been sharing some time at first base with Yu Chang, who also can play the other infield positions. And Chang has been swinging it well with several big hits of late, and we had a chance to visit with him earlier in the week. We had translation help from Quan Wu Chu and uh, when we asked uh, Chang about his recent success he explained what the difference has been in his most recent call up to the big leagues
5: um,
6: The most part of me uh, i do the um i think it's a mental mental part um in the first um the first half of the season i was so rushed. And I'm trying to slow, slow myself down in the second part. That's the reason why I, can, I think uh, I can hit better at the second part. And um, I still um, discuss with um, the, the approaches uh, with my hitting coaches every day. And I know um, the, how to face uh, every different pitcher in every single game. Last summer, you had a great
2: summer camp. And then spring training again, really good. What is the difference when you get into that major league season? That, that can make it really challenging and, and make it such a, a difficult stretch to get to the point you're at now.
5: What's the xin xin tai xin biao
6: Um the bigger part uh, for me is still the mental part. Um, because I, I feel like uh in the major league everybody's watching you and you're trying to perform yourself and um um that that make you so rush on yourself and you, you cannot be a real yourself to to play a good game in the major league. So um, that, I think that's a big difference between the minor league and the major league.
2: Defensively, you're learning a new position, first base this year. Uh, you've been, always been a real good shortstop and, and middle infielder. Uh, how challenging has it been, and, and what are some of the things that have really presented some issues as you get smoother and smoother over there?
5: Uh, in
6: the beginning, I feel like uh, it's it's not that hard to be a first baseman. But when I started to have it, I I saw like much more details and just like uh, the other position in infield, um, they got so many um different details to, to do um their job. And the biggest difference for me is like I need to run toward the first base in every every, every, every play to finish the play. Yu Chang joining us, Indian's infielder,
2: along with Kwan Wu Chu, his interpreter. You've, you come here and, and you're in a new country to play Major League Baseball. You're born and raised in Taiwan. When did you get the dream that that you wanted to come over to the United States and play Major League Baseball? How early in, in your lifetime do you remember that being a, a dream and a goal?
5: I was a uh,
6: from my elementary school yeah. level, because I, I played uh, baseball from very young, and uh, I always have a dream to play in the Major League, which is the, the top um, platform for all the baseball players.
2: And it, it's never easy for anyone, no matter where you're from. Were, were you surprised at how difficult it is, or did you kind of think it, w- it would be a real challenge to get
6: here someday?
5: Uh, I
6: don't know how to say the biggest uh, challenging part, but I, I felt like I'm lucky. Like the scouts saw, saw me and like found, found me out and brought me to the Indians organization.
2: I know for a lot of the Latin American players, obviously the language barrier can be really difficult and just culturally can be difficult. Um, how challenging has it been to, to live in this country or has it been a, a real great experience for you as you've gone and been here longer and, and made your way to the major leagues? Um,
6: For me, the language bar is a bigger challenge for me uh, because uh, uh, for me, I I live in the dorm and stay with the team uh, from elementary school. So it's not. uh, I don't have so many shock uh, to be uh, living on my own.
2: And it always helps to have good friends. I know Bobby Bradley has been a good friend. You guys are roommates in the minor leagues. Explain that relationship and how he maybe was helpful to you at different points in time.
6: I
5: don't. I don't
6: have car when I was in minor league. So he drove me everywhere to the grocery and like go to the ballpark and go back home every time. So I appreciate his help. And has it been fun
2: to share that like this first chance at success both for you and him at the same time in the major leagues?
6: Uh, I'm, I'm so I'm so happy because we start playing together from 2014 to till here in the major league so we always like cheer each other up and keep going
2: who can hit the ball farther you or him
5: of course Bobby <laughs> <laughs> and I will
2: close with this I just heard this is his last day what are you gonna do
5: <laughs> no I, yeah I'm, I'm fine because I have a, my teammates yeah. Yeah, my team has helped me a lot, so, yeah.
2: You, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And, Quan Wu, thank you for, for your friendship. It's been fun to get to know you. Best of luck in the future. Thank you so much. That is Yu Chang and his translator, Quan Wu Chu. And how about this one, folks? Uh, Quan Wu Chu, who goes by Patrick uh, during the course of, of the season, was uh, a student at the University of Akron when he got the job as the translator for Yu Chang and he was getting his master's in chemical engineering. He completed his degree work, and the reason it was his last day, the day we recorded that interview, he is on to the working world. Got a job in Boston in the chemical engineering field. So success to both, the translator and the ball player, Yu Chang. Thanks for both uh, for stopping by for that interview. Stay with us. When we return, we'll talk pitching with Indian starters Tristan McKenzie and Aaron Savali. That's next as we continue a Tribe Talk. Presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic
7: Indians Radio Network.
1: Ben sends a fly ball toward left center. Harold Ramirez is there. The left fielder makes the catch. And again, one would guess McKenzie's night is over, but what a night. He made 76 pitches in six dominant innings, giving up one run on two hits with six strikeouts. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Yankee
2: Stadium in New York. The Indians and Yankees playing a three-game series this weekend that continues both Saturday and Sunday at 105. Tribe Talk continuing in a lot of different ways. You can pick up our show each week, including on the Indians radio network at Indians.com with all the archived editions there or as a podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Tristan McKenzie has been quite a story for the Indians. He picked up another win on Tuesday in Minnesota in game one of the doubleheader, and for McKenzie it continued just a tremendous stretch of pitching. And uh, when you talk about pitching very well and getting deep into games, that has been the norm for McKenzie of late, and he says confidence is the big key right
0: now. I'm definitely very confident when I go out there and I mean the goal has been just to go out there and try and get the team a win put up a quality start and let the bats do their thing and get a win you
2: hear about pitchers and even hitters too uh, even when they're going well constantly tinkering
0: Uh, how about for you right now you you sticking with what's working or are you kind of changing things up a little bit I feel like there's always room for tinkering but I feel like as of right now where we are in the season it's mainly about just going out there and putting up putting up good outings so that the team can feel comfortable that every time I step on the mound that that we can get a win and it's the twins who you just faced and
2: sometimes that can be a challenge Uh, what was the game plan going in today and how do you feel you executed
0: that uh I felt like we executed very well I felt like the the game plan was just to go out there and attack them with our strengths uh not not change too much from from the last outing mainly just make sure I I force them to put the ball in play and make sure I, I got them out of the box early did you feel it's to your advantage having just faced them? Uh, I mean, I feel like there's there's perks and drawbacks to to kind of facing the same team over and over, uh, but definitely definitely in my opinion, it was very helpful to me that I got to face them back to back, and there wasn't much in between in terms of learning a new game plan. We just kind of stuck to what we knew, and uh, it worked out this time.
2: And for a little while, the offense has been grinding to try and try and get their runs, and then you go through stretches. Um, close game, does it alter anything on how you go about things knowing that it's tight and it might take just a run or two late?
0: No. No. Uh, I mean, the goal is to go out there and give up no runs from from the beginning of the game, but it's all about minimizing and and making sure that if you let one base runner get to first, you try not to let them get second, try not to let them get third, try not to let them score, uh, so on and so forth. It's about minimizing and letting the guys do their thing. Uh, I feel like the swings have been looking good, but stuff just hasn't been rolling our way.
2: Tribe getting ready to take on the Twins in the nightcap of a day-night doubleheader, and we're joined by the winning pitcher from Game One, Tristan McKenzie. What do you do in the nightcap here? Your day's done, and
0: it's only halfway through. Uh, I'm actually done for the whole road trip, so I'll I'll put it in I'll put it in neutral and kind of just cruise for the rest of the road trip. Kind of watch some good baseball. Here's on.
2: And, you know, you look at your season, and um, you really had to battle early on, but. As you look at how it's developed, would you trade those struggles early for anything to, based on where you are now and, and how big a part of that got you to where
0: you are now? No, uh, I think failure is a huge part of learning, especially at the big league level. Uh, stuff happens fast, and I'm glad that, that it happened early. Uh, I'd rather it happen then as, as opposed to me trying to figure something out in the middle of the season or even next season.
2: Was there any one person or coach or, or maybe another pitcher who, who helped you get through the, some of the
0: struggles to, to really kind of figure out how to get through to the other side? I think, I think it was just a little bit of a help from everybody and just faith in myself. Uh, I felt like everybody else had faith in me. Uh, even when I was struggling at the, at the top, everybody kind of reassured me and encouraged me that they knew that this wasn't the pitcher that I was, uh, and it just helped me believe in myself. It seems like you always have fun at the ballpark, but uh, right now about as fun a stretch as you've had in pro ball? Uh, when you're pitching well and when you're when you're having fun out there, especially when you're getting wins, it's it's hard not to have fun at the ballpark. Yeah, look good again today. Tristan, thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me,
2: Jim. So that's the young starting pitcher, Tristan McKenzie, and he certainly has been performing well for the Indians. On his way back from injury, a more seasoned veteran, although still very young in his major league career, is Aaron Savali. And Savali's back with the team after a, a lengthy stay on the injury list, working through a finger issue. And uh, that's been a, a big story, obviously, his return and making two starts. will make another one on Saturday in New York. But most notably, earlier in the week, Savali was announced as the Indians nominee for the 2021 Roberto Clemente Award, which is based on a uh, player's character and community involvement. And uh, Savali talked about what that nomination means to him.
8: Um, just a lot of pride. I think when you, whenever you can take uh, your platform as a baseball player and turn that into something more, and that's a lot of what this uh, nomination represents and something to be very proud of and knowing that I'm taking some steps in the right direction.
2: And not all baseball players are history buffs of the game, but uh, you have a seemingly deep appreciation for what Roberto Clemente meant to this game. Um, and where did that come from?
8: Uh, I think every kid that falls in love with this game eventually knows who Roberto is as a baseball player. And with that comes a story behind it. Um, what he did for this game, both on and off the field, that's something that you learn about growing up. Um, whether it's in history class and you're digging into some sports stuff and that's what you come across, or it's just through through stories from other players that you've played with and When you get into this game as a professional, you play with a lot of players that you might not have played with before, whether it's from players from Puerto Rico or Dominican or Venezuela, um, what he meant to them and being able to see that firsthand. And when you learn about that, it's a huge honor to be associated at all with, with his name and something to be very proud of.
2: Aaron, you look at your involvement with the Cleveland Clinic specifically with kids and and why is that something that hits home for you and and what are some of the things that you've been able to do that really have meant a lot to you?
8: Yeah, Um, so everyone knew what Carrasco was doing with the clinic and obviously with him leaving that left a void there. So just filling in with that, I've had, there's been several people in my life that have dealt with things as children, whether it was a host family from Cape Cod or my cousin's kid or whoever it may be. So just giving back to that age group, um, I think that's a very tender age and being able to, to give them some hope is just something that is very important. So with that, in the off season, Megan and I talked, uh, Megan Ganser talked to myself and my fiance, we decided to come up with the thing pearls for perseverance. That acronym is PFP. The baseball correlation behind that is pitchers fielding practice. That's, Pitcher fields a ball. As a pitcher, you do your best to go get that ball. If not, then you got a defense behind you to make that play, whether it's that player or the next one. And that's the same concept with patients at the clinic. They're giving it their best shot. And whenever they need assistance, they have a whole team behind them. So what we do is just take a ball, one ball from a pregame warmup, get that to an authenticator, sign it after the game, date it after the game, and then that gets delivered to a patient at the clinic. Ideally, that's myself hand delivering it, but with COVID protocols this year, I haven't been able to do any in hospital visits. because have all been delivered throughout the year. Unfortunately, missing some time, definitely missed some balls uh, in the middle of the season, but got a few from the rehab starts and starting to do that again. So that's, that's something that I hope to expand on in the future, but I've done a few video calls here and there. Actually, got to meet one of the one of the patients that we sent a ball to uh, this past Sunday. So just obviously a video call is impactful. Meeting them in person is even more. Um, it's just very very humbling to hear the stories and just puts things into perspective.
2: And you referenced Carlos Carrasco, and I know Corey Kluber was was very much involved in the community as well. And maybe maybe you had that calling anyway, but is there any correlation there? The The Indian starting pitchers seem to have, Uh, this type of thing in them where, where they do a lot for the community?
8: Maybe. I mean, I hope so. I think there's, uh, I'm the nominee on the team, but I know I'm not the only one on the team that's, that's doing these type of things. I know Tristan's involved in the community. I know Zach is, those are both starting pitchers, as you mentioned. Uh, There's 30 nominees in the league, but it's definitely not just 30 players. So um, I think that's awesome that this is something that is recognized and it's very important for us. We have this platform to be able to use it for, these type of things. So I think it's awesome that we expand on it, but I think a lot of it just comes down to the way you were raised and what, what your goals are in life and giving back to the community. That's something that should be important to a lot of people and just trying to leave the world a better place than what you came into. I think that's very important.
2: Aaron, turning to pitching, you're, you're back on the mound, and um, my goodness, not the summer that you had planned as it was going so well, but then injuries happened in this game how have you felt coming back have you been able to to get to a place where, where you're starting to feel good and and really worry just about pitching and not necessarily about being healthy and staying healthy
8: for sure um yeah i'm back to the point where i was going into the going on the IL, where you're just focused on performing every fifth day and you're doing all the work throughout the week to get to that fifth day and um, it's, it's nice to be back for sure. It was a little bit longer grind, longer, uh, road than anticipated, but, uh, worked through everything. And now we're back to the point where just going out there and prepping and performing and doing, doing the best that I can and going back to the same mentality that I had before, which is, uh, it's very important to have that comfort level and just to be back out there and knowing that you're giving it your all. And there's, there's no limitations.
2: It seemed like you were especially sharp that, that first time out. And what were you able to do in, in not the easiest of situations to, to make sure you were prepared when you came back?
8: Yeah, I think a lot of the mental preparation that we had to go through last year with the shutdown and throwing bullpens on our own and making sure we mentally prepped for big league hitters, even though there was maybe no one standing in there. I think a lot of that work carried over into this time just to, to keep the The attack plan sharp, but I think a lot of that was just all the work that got put into it, whether it was delivery work with Ruben and Carl or workout stuff in the weight room or training room stuff. There's just a lot of a lot of daily things that went on to make sure when I got to that point that I was ready. The rehab starts were very important. And what's important now is physical health and just going out there and executing a game plan.
2: Well, it's great to see you back, and as part of Roberto Clemente Day, congratulations on being nominated as the Indians representative for that award at the end of the season. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Aaron Savali, and we'll get a chance to see him back on the mound on Saturday afternoon in New York. Stay with us. We'll have our final segment coming your way after this short break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network.
3: It's the home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Saveathon, the annual year long event where you could save big by bundling home and Auto with Progressive. So big that we're kicking things off with fireworks! A monster truck battle! A fighter jet flyover! And it wouldn't be a party without the homono Bundle Extrava Festa Saveathon dancers! You can't really hear them, but trust us, they are working it. So come for the fun and stay for the savings. Only at Progressive's Home
7: and Auto Bundle to save a thon Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
2: Jim Rosenow is back with you on Tribe Talk presented by Progressive, our final segment from Yankee Stadium in New York. And earlier this week, the Indians were in Minneapolis to take on the Twins. And uh, always uh, fun to see the broadcast crew for the Twins, including the Magic Man, Dan Gladden, who was a key for the Twins in their World Series championship back in 1991. And he's one of the 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 fun people in the game to visit with. And Tom Hamilton had a chance to catch up with him on a pregame show. And uh, here's how that went as uh, Hammy and
1: Dan Gladden covered a variety of subjects. Dan Gladden, kind enough to join us. And a member of two World Series teams here in 1987 and 1991. I, it's hard to believe, and I know you had a 30-year celebration here. Danny, it seems like it was yesterday for those of us that watched those teams What about for you and and your former teammates?
7: Well, you talk about the reunion we just had a couple weeks ago, and everybody, almost every player, showed up. We were just missing a couple of them. But it was nice to see all these guys back. I have kept in touch with a lot of the guys anyway, but it was nice to be able to come here, not only us get together, but to be able to celebrate with the fans. You know, in 87 and 91, it was really special in the Twin Cities and the state of Minnesota and Twins Territory, for that matter. But, you know, it was uh, just a a good time to be here. And I thank the Twins for allowing them, uh, allowing us to be able to get together and everything they did for us to make the good weekend. I think with Minneapolis and Cleveland, one of the commonalities
1: is that when you win in those cities, people never forget you. Even though the Indians didn't win a World Series, they went to two of them in the 90s. And it seems like every Indians team is always compared to that. You guys had six division winners here under Ron Gardenhire, but it's never quite the same. Do you get the the feeling that for fans that's about as good an error as they'll they'll ever remember?
7: Well, I I think so when you talk to the fans and, you know, you listen to the stories and the things that they remember from 87 and 91 that, uh, you know, it touched them. Uh, It was some of the best times in their life at that time, sports-related. And it's funny, Tommy, because I'll still go out sometimes, and I'll still get a free meal once in a while. So, <laughs> hey, you know, they, they, they still appreciate uh, what you did, uh, even though it was 30 years ago. You know, the thing, too,
1: about those teams, you never lost games in the Metrodome. Now, you've been around a long time, player, broadcaster. Has there ever been a bigger home field advantage than what the Metrodome was and what it meant to you guys?
7: Well, I think it was there, there was an advantage there because we knew how it, it played uh, on the AstroTurf. Uh, we got used to the ceiling whereas a lot of teams would come in and, you know, we were fortunate to, you know, get some breaks and they would miss some balls in the Teflon roof. But we knew it was going to be 72 degrees there every night. And uh, we were going to play some baseball games. And uh, we, we just took a lot of pride. One thing that, that that I think you look back at both those teams, the defense that we had. Yes. You talk about the good pitching in 91 and in 87, we had two pitchers in Burt Blyleven and Frank Viola one thing we had is defense and when you have good defense like that it's going to complement your pitching so i think that uh you know today i look at our club today we're we're last in defense right now and it shows up in our pitching but it also felt like teams were back on their heels that crowd was Mm. a factor wasn't it yeah it was i mean you you the, the twins really kind of got behind us and i don't know if you remember in 1988 We had a better record than we did in 87, and we were the first American League team to draw 3 million fans. So they came back the following year and enjoyed it as well. But, uh, you know, there was some advantage there because it did get loud. And, of course, some teams – I remember Bobby Valentine coming in with the Texas Rangers, and he would put ribbons on some of the vents behind (laughs) home plate, thinking that we were turning (laughs) turning on the blowers to – to blow the ball out of the ballpark. So, uh, yeah, I think that we got into a lot of minds of the the visiting players that came in there.
1: You can make a pretty good argument. Game 7 of the 91 World Series is the greatest Game 7 ever. You scored
7: the winning run. Take us back to that game. You know, that was probably the best game I've ever played in, Uh, the intensity with the fans and, of course, uh, a young John Smoltz didn't know at the time that he was going to turn in to be the <laughs> Hall of Fame pitcher that he is. Uh, and of course uh, Jack Morris. What I recall about that is Kirby Puckett, game six, hit the home run off of Lee Brandt, and when we walked upstairs into our locker room we saw Jack Morris getting ready for game seven. Already? Already. You could just see the game face that he was putting on and uh, you know, I, it, there was just a ease to myself that okay, we're going to be okay tomorrow and of course, uh, You know, the uh, 10 innings of uh, shutout baseball. Uh, There was moments in that game uh, that you thought could have gone either way. Each team had opportunities uh, to do something and and take a lead. And it was so exciting. And then, of course, the broken bat in the 10th inning, uh, double. And once I got to second base, it was like, okay, we've got this game. And it was up to TK to go ahead and bump me to third base. And then Bobby Cox elected to walk Bucket and Herbeck. And I think Herbeck in that series maybe had two hits, but they elected to walk him. And then uh, Jarvis Brown was a scheduled batter. He got pulled back. And then Gene Larkin, of course, first pitch, and it was over.
1: Great visit down memory lane to one of the key members of two World Series teams. Now broadcaster for the Twins, Dan Gladden. And that's going to do it for this week's
2: edition of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next week back home when the Indians are uh, at the tail end of their final homestand of the season as uh, another season has come and gone. Hard to believe, but the Indians will be home next week with four against the Royals, five against the White Sox, a couple of doubleheaders in there. So a lot of baseball left at home for the Indians, and uh, we will join you with Tribe Talk from Progressive Field next weekend. Thanks to Brian Matze, as always, for his help in putting together our show. We'll catch you next week. This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio
1: Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.